Hello, Marvelites! Welcome to Marvel's The Pull List for new comics on sale December 26, 2018. I'm Ryan, aka H&M. Yay! Who are you? I'm Ricky Purden. I'm the talent coordinator. Oh, you got a demotion? Oh, wait, not coordinator, director. I got a promotion <laughs> this week. I got a promotion this week, you guys. I got so upset yeah. for a second. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I got a promotion. I'm director, talent relations, Ricky Purden. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm director really of talent relations, which yeah. is awesome. It is. Director title means you get cool boots. They give you a pair of boots. I heard I have to sing the Marvel uh, Marching Society song to get into the, the Mary building. The Marvel Marching Society yeah. song. Yeah, now. I haven't learned it yet, so I haven't gotten into the building. I'm remotely yeah, completed. <laughs> You're scarping in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're having a good time. Tucker Marcus is still on vacation. Man. He has now become a farmer in rural countryside of England, and he's... Sort of, as he called it, a sheep man. Ah. So he's having a good time. That's an overalls job. Yes. No, no t-shirt, no shirt, just overalls on. <laughs> Barefoot. <laughs> By this time next season, he will have made it a hit. It's yeah. going to come back to the States. He is a fashion boy. Yeah. Yeah. He is a fashion boy. He is a fashion boy. Yeah, so on Marvel's The Pullist, we talked about all the new comics that come out, the single issues, the digital print collections, stuff that hits our apps, all that good stuff. And after the last two weeks, it's been a bevy of issues. We've had about 26, 28 each of the last two weeks. And this week is just the same. We've got four, five issues. We have five Uh, issues. uh, (laughs) So many books. Uh, We have five issues. Four of them are print. And one of them is a digital exclusive. Uh, We're going to talk about those. And the first one is our Marvel Digital Originals release of Cloak and Dagger. Mm -hmm. And it is the second series that we're doing for the MDOs with Cloak & Dagger. It is Cloak & Dagger Negative Exposure Number 1. It's available on the Marvel Comics app and Comixology. Written by Dennis Hopeless with art by Francesco Mana. And uh, yeah, this is them sort of dealing with they have to be together to like both of them sort of function properly. Even though they kind of don't want to always be together. And then we've got them up against... Mr. Negative, which is going to be really cool. So you're pulling in different things like, yeah, people know who Mr. Negative is now. People, For the video game, yeah. Yeah, people have seen television. So like, uh, <laughs> so they know about the Cloak and Dagger TV show. Yeah. yeah. They've just seen a television. Yeah. Yeah. Also, special shout out to artist Francesco Mana. He just got married like two days ago. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah really happy for him. That's nice. Yeah. So check that out. Uh, stay tuned for more of our MDOs. Up next is Fantastic Four number five. This is the big one. The 650th issue spectacular. Yeah. And the wedding issue. Mm-hmm. It's real good. It's written by Dan Slott top to bottom. But it has three stories. First one's called Four Minute Warning. And that is drawn by Aaron Cooter with colors by Marte Gracia and Eric Arseniega. And then there's a uh, middle story called Change Partners, uh, which is drawn by Michael Allred and colored by Laura Allred, the same partners of Dan's from Silver Surfer. Yep, that's right. So good. And then finally, there's the Guys Night Out story, which is drawn by Adam Hughes, <laughs> which is wild. You know, it's, we get so few comics from Adam. Yeah, I know. Just the boys, though, this time. It's a Guys Night Out. But there's there's one woman yeah. with them. And it's all lettered by Joe Caramagna. Big shout out to Isad Rubik, because that cover is so good. All his covers are so good. Beautiful, yeah. The issue is oversized, too. Like, it's like 400 pages. Yeah. It's yeah. massive. It is. It's a massive issue. And so... Coming into this, we know that the Fantastic Four, they don't have the Baxter building right now, so they've moved to Yancey Street. Right. So we get this great thing, this very 
so very Dan Slott. Uh, they've bought a building on Yancey Street. And there's a great conversation where Sue is like, what are you doing to this building? We said we weren't going to gentrify the neighborhood. <laughs> and they, they get inside. And Reed and Valeria have made it bigger on the inside. Right. Which is so fun. It was very Dan Slott. I love Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. I'm going to bring it all to my comics. Yeah. Aaron Cooter. He's the best. Exclusive artist Aaron Cooter is the best. Young Guns artist Aaron Cooter. The best. The best. One of my favorite people in comics. Yeah. He's good hugs. Yeah, he does. Really good hugs. Yeah. But this is his first issue on the series. He's uh, he's now in the rotation as a regular artist in the book. He was like born to draw well Marvel comics, but Mr. Fantastic especially is great. Mr. Fantastic, his Galactus, yep. his Kirby machinery, and everything he touches just looks so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's the it's sort of the framing story and the meat of the wedding part is drawn by Aaron. But then we get into this change partner story, which is drawn and colored by the All Reds. And it's it starts with a flashback because the thing wants to learn how to dance. And Sue's going to help him with that. She's like, I'll, I'll help you dance. Uh, so you get this great little bit between them. And then we go through their history. Right. The two of them together what that's meant, we get Dan and the Allreds actually like recreating some of Fantastic Four number one. Which is so perfect for their art. Oh my gosh. Screams like retro 60s pop. It's great. Yeah. There's this great page where they draw a bunch of the classic Fantastic Four creatures and villains. And man, it just looks so good. But it's also about how Sue was kind of instrumental in getting the thing and Alicia together. Right. Which is really important. Because that's the marriage. That's the marriage. Spoiler. Uh, There's a wonderful scene. I cracked up where Thing is sculpting with Alicia. And she makes a bust of Thing. So he makes a bust of her. (laughs) It is a nightmare. It is (laughs) so good. Really sweet. Thing with a beret. And then finally we have our Adam Hughes story. Which is so much fun. It is the Bachelor endeavor. Yeah. Like party night. Yeah. Yeah. They rent a bus. It is organized by Johnny Storm. They go to wrestling, which is real fun. It's the unlimited class wrestling, so it's so fun. You actually get to see Thing get into the ring because uh, he he used to he used to fight in that league. He right? was a champ. He was a champ. Yeah, he was great. He was a champ. D Man was was in there. Yeah, Armadillo. Right. Uh, we got a bunch of other characters. But yes, they're shirtless superheroes. Look at that. Look at that chest hair. I know. Look at that lack of chest hair. Adam Hughes gets so much like praise for the the women he draws, but yeah. he draws everything beautifully and lays it out so well too. It feels like it's almost like a photograph. And the cool thing about this story, the thing that makes Adam's involvement in the story especially fun, is that it's not just a story about one character. You get a bunch of guest stars. So he's mm-hmm. drawing a bunch of the Marvel U, which you don't always get to see too. So it makes the package really worth the price. Uh, and then finally, we get really to the meat of the four-minute warning story that Aaron Cooter draws, and it's got the return of Aunt Petunia, mm-hmm. which is great because, you know, Aunt Petunia is so important to to Ben. You know, he's always been like Aunt Petunia's favorite nephew. Right. Yeah, That's like the that. relationship. Yeah. Anyway. That's how it works. It's real good. And we actually get the wedding. Yeah. There is some drama. There is the return of Doctor Doom. Uh-huh. Seen in episode one or issue one. Issue one. Last. Yep. Yeah. But we finally get to the wedding. We have this wonderful moment. And I honestly, I got a little misty-eyed reading it. It was just really beautiful, really sweet. And I love the first couple of issues. But yeah. this, to me, is the issue that solidifies a thousand percent that Dan Slott is the right writer for Fantastic Four. Yeah. This, to me, is... Everything that I imagine when I think of Fantastic Four. Yeah, people say the Fantastic Four is about a family, and uh, so a lot of people try to 
put familial elements into the stories, but this, the first th- three issues set up the return of the book and the characters to the Marvel U, but this one sets them in an emotional place that family finds itself in, so it touches on those familial themes a lot more than some runs have been able to, and you're only on the fifth issue. Like, he's going to kill this thing, and you're... Like 20 years from now, I don't I'm want like, him to man. kill this thing. I want him to keep going. Ricky, what's <laughs> he's like, you're a director now? Don't say those <laughs> things. Kill things. But like 20 years from now, we're gonna be like, man, remember when we were alive during Dan Slott's run or like Aaron Cooter's run on it? Or you know, I don't know, just remember when we were alive? Yeah, that was great. We're gonna be little ghost people hanging out together. <laughs> I when I die in like 78 years, yeah, um, maybe 100 and I can't do the math. Yep, I'm definitely gonna haunt you. Um, we're gonna haunt people together, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I meant. Like, but, like, ghosts don't hang out. They haunt. So we're going to haunt with each other. Sweet. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, what's um, the next book? Oh, the oh the next book. You want to hear about the next book? It's Superior Spider-Man number one. This is spinning out of the events of Spider-Geddon and follows up on a Superior Octopus one-shot that was also by this creative team. The creative team? Christos Gage is the writer. Exclusive artist Mike Hawthorne, inked by Wade Von Grabiger, the the regular inker for uh, Stuart Eminem, who hasn't been doing a whole lot of work for hire lately. Colored by Jordi Belair, the colorist that Mike Hawthorne worked on on Deadpool for so long. Mike Hawthorne, officially the artist to draw the most Deadpool, by the really? way. Really? Yeah, officially. By a I, long shot, too, by like almost double digits. I almost thought it would have been Scott. Scott yeah. Koblish. Sure. They yeah. were, uh, he was in there, uh, it felt like a lot more. He, he did a bunch, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Mike, yeah, Mike did a ton. Um, Mike's great. Running out the, the creative team, those uh, letter of Clayton Cowles, and the cover artist for this launch is uh, Travis Sheree. Incredible cover artist. I love Travis Sheree's work. What can you do now that you're a director? Can you get him to do more interior work? I was literally just talking to C.B. Cebulski to this morning about that. You mean Marvel Comics Editor-in-Chief? Editor-in-Chief, C.B. Cebulski. So stay tuned, true believers. Uh, So, as Ryan Ryan, uh, said before, Doc Ock, this series focuses on uh, the newly resurrected Doc Ock in his younger body, his younger, healthier body. He's got a great haircut. He's very handsome, but the kind of handsome that I don't like because I look at him, I just feel like like they'd be mean to me. You know what I I mean? You know what? I could see. He's got a little bit of a scowl. He's got got a scowl. More of a brooding. Like a D man handsome. Right. Be good. Yeah. 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 He's more like, he's got a lot of money. And and I'm more like Artie from the Morlocks and (laughs) X-Men. Oh, I feel like he would punch me. Uh, So he, uh, Superior Spider-Man is Dr. Octopus in his younger body, but he's relocated. Um, He's in, it's LA, correct? San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. And it was one of those two. So he relocates there to kind of start a new life and- He's fighting crime as Superior Spider-Man, so he's not killing people or hurting people, but he's also like kind of no limit on things. So he takes things to the edge, including fighting Stiltman, who I love. Love Stiltman. I love Stiltman. I have a mini made of Stiltman that I'm going to get buried with when I die in 107 <laughs> years. So Doc Ock gets a job at uh, Horizon University. There's connections to the old Superior Spider-Man series, but... If you haven't read that stuff before, there's there's a great recap, and it kind of sets up the stakes. Christos Cage did a great job of bringing everyone up to speed. If this is your first issue, you haven't read Spider-Geddon. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. Don't feel like you need to have read Spider-Geddon or Spider-Geddon to have <laughs> how to— you, How did you do that with your voice? You know, that just happens, Ricky. Oh, my God. I know. You Give it a try. Spider-Geddon. <laughs> it sounded like a Muppet. It sounded like a, like a Muppet who was like— <laughs> He was like about to about to eat, yeah. In a, in a song, I'm gonna eat a food now. Monk, monk, monk. 
Um, you don't have to have read that ser- that event to know what's going on here. Right. I think that's an important thing to say. Yep. So we start getting a look at some of the supporting cast, villains that operate in the area that he goes and talks with. The Night Shift, Danson Macabre. <laughs> and uh, have you seen these characters before? I love these characters. Yeah, yeah. They were they were in the Superior Octopus one shot. They've they're not obviously not huge characters, but I think they are great to work with Ock. Right. And in his secret identity, Doc Ock has positioned himself to be kind of close to his former lover, Anna. So there's this kind of high stakes drama going on. Is she going to figure out that he's back? What is that going to mean for his relationship? And then a crazy last page reveal of a new villain that shows up in San Francisco. Yeah. Hawthorne's done with issue three. So I've seen the pages for when these two characters meet and square off. It's super fun. So, like, I can't wait for people to read the second issue. But I didn't read all the old Superior Spider-Man stuff. So this creative team is perfect to, like, welcome you into this world if you haven't been a part of it before. I also genuinely love a good comic about a villain who is saying, you know what? I need to try something different. Yeah. I am still me, but I'm going to try to be good. I'm going to try to be better. I'm going to try to be superior. Right. Up next is Uncanny X-Men number seven and is written by Matthew Rosenberg, Kelly Thompson, and Ed Brisson. Art by Perry Perez. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and letters by VCs Joe Caramonio. I don't know why Joe came out like that. Yeah. We know that the Age of X-Men looms. That is coming really soon, actually, Age of X-Men and what that means. But this issue is actually set in the Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And we see Pixie, Armor, Rockslide, and Glove Herman get sent there along with X-Men by Legion. I love Perry Perez. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think fantastic artist. Really interesting, like, nice, clean lines. Yep, really great at emotion, too, like in the faces. Yeah. yeah. Perry also redesigns those four uh, young X-Men and their looks for the Age of Apocalypse, and they look really cool. Yeah. Part of, like, the art... Gives me some Mike McCone vibes yep. in some places here yeah. in Perez art. I think it's just terrific. Yeah, line weights and open space like McCone does. It's great. Yeah. That said, it is a bleak and brutal issue. It's the age of apocalypse. There's nasty stuff happening all over the place, and it is bad news for the kids. I love the age of apocalypse so much. When I was a kid, I bought all those. I was like, this is going to be the X-Men now. Bought them all like Pokemons. <laughs> Wait, you don't buy Pokemons, do you? You have to catch those. You can buy Pokemons. In real life, yeah, I can buy – I've got money. I got a promotion. <laughs> uh, all right, Mr. Promotion. Oh, what's, yes. What's our last book of the, the week? The last book of the week, uh, one of my favorites. I've been looking forward to this for a long time, is X-Force Number 1, written by Ed Brisson. Art in the main story by Dylan Burnett, also exclusive. I had two exclusive artists. We had three exclusive artists on this. That's great. What does that mean for oh, yeah, when you're exclusive artist? It means a different thing for everybody. But it, for the most part, it means that you've made Marvel your work for higher home for one reason or another. And we've made a commitment to you to put you on great projects that will raise your profile and that fans will love. And in return, uh, you agree that, yeah, you'll keep us as your priority and stay on schedule. And, you know, but yeah, so exclusive means a different thing for everybody. But it, it means that we've chosen you as someone that we trust and want to want to grow with together. So, yeah, and we want our readers to get excited about these exclusive creators because we're excited about it. Right. So we're like, hey, Aaron Cooter, you're on The Wedding Issue. Uh, Dylan Burnett, you're on The launch of X-Force, which is a huge deal. Exactly. Uh, And it doesn't mean anything negative about the people who aren't exclusive. Certainly. A lot of of those cases, that's 
it has to fit what those creators what makes sense for their lives, yep. for their budgets, for their times. Right. But then some yeah, some people just like being free, free roaming free. Yeah. Like so many cows in a pasture at Marcus's farm. Yeah, Marcus has all the farm cows. Yeah. Oh, you mean Tuckers. Tuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Is that same as Marcus? It is. Okay. Yeah. His middle name's Chet. That's not true. It is a hundred percent true. I've never met a Chet. Is it short for Chedworth or Cheddar? <laughs> I think oh, it's... Chet. Yeah. <laughs> you should go by Chet. Man, I miss that guy. <laughs> the back, the backup in X Force is also written by Ed Brisson. It's a short uh, story starring Boom Boom, drawn by Juan and Ramirez, and colored by Brian Reber. This issue is also lettered by Corey Pettit, and the cover is by Pepe Larraz. Colors by David Curio Pepe. Just did the extermination event for the X-Men, and that led into this book. So getting him on the covers made sense for us. Pepe, also exclusive? Young Gun exclusive. He's now working on his his next ultra-secret project that I'm very excited for people to find out about. Stay tuned, true believer. (laughs) Uh, And Dylan, Dylan, this is his second book for Marvel. His first book was the Cosmic Ghost Rider book by Donnie Cates. Um, he showed so much promise and such a talented artist that we were excited to, to put him on a regular series going forward. And this is the right one because his art is dynamic and scratchy. It's got a lot of texture. And that's kind of what this team is about. I was surprised because I haven't read a whole lot of X-Force. But the team isn't afraid of, like, busting people up. Oh, yeah. And in this uh, issue, I don't want can I spoil extermination? What part of it? Cable. Yeah, that was like issue one. Issue one. Cable gets assassinated. Wait, no, don't spoil it. Oh, oh! I, <laughs> I told you I just ate so much pasta, my stomach hurt. No, of oh, course no. you can talk about that. That happened months ago. Okay. Cable died, and he uh, died at the hands of Kid Cable, somehow a, a child version of him. So this book spins out of extermination in that a team comprised of Domino, Warpath, Longshot, and Cannonball, the original, some of the original X-Force members, is looking for Kid Cable, looking for clues on where he might be and what, why he did what he did in the Extermination series. So they're trying to track him down. We have a flash over to kind of the side story that's developing in the book. Uh, there's a country that's uh, that's got these great weapons and they're supposed to be helping, maybe a safe haven to mutants. But it's in this country where you get introduced to my favorite character, the reason I was excited about the book, Deathlock. I love Deathlock so much. So Deathlock, this version of Deathlock is... Like the third or the fourth right. main iteration that we've seen in the books. I mean, there have been others, but... But he's a he's a psychopath who's uh, in a Deathlock body. So the Deathlock programming keeps the psychopath side of the personality in check. He's like a, Yeah, I think he's a serial killer. He's a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Real bad dude. Yeah. And, like uh, us. Two bad dudes. Yeah, two, oh, two bad dudes. Two bad ghosts just haunting. <laughs> That's my ghost sound. It's like a, like a cat. Yeah. <gasps> You think that ghost humans hang out with ghost cats? 100%. Oh, otherwise, why are we here, you know? Exactly. There's no point. So the action kicks off, Kid Cable, Deathlock teaming up in this kind of cool reminiscent scene from Star Wars, C-3PO. And the, the color in the book is is fantastic. It's really uh, neon and bright. Jesus Avertov is a, is, a, is a star. So the team, that team is off doing their thing. The backup is basically everything from Boom Boom's perspective. She woke up too late to meet the team for the uh, for the adventure they went on. That's 100% made me think of you because there have been times we've made plans to oh. do stuff and you have slept through yeah. and not done it. I don't just sleep through like where I'm like, oh, I'm 15 minutes late. I'll sleep until the next day. Yeah. And then I don't know how I have a job. <laughs> 
I sleep so late sometimes. But yeah, that's me. I'm basically Boom Boom. You heard. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. So she she tries to meet up with the gang, and she shows up just behind them at the first place they're, they're seeing the issue. It's a really fun exchange. And you get to see Boom Boom use her powers. This is a fun Boom Boom kind of tone that Stuart Eminem and Warren Ellis were playing with in the um, Next Wave series. Ed's such a talented writer, too. I, I think when you mentioned Stuart, Wannan's art also like evokes some of the Stuart vibes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just the reactions and the expressions, some of the acting, all that stuff. Yeah. It just like, seemed like he was specifically looking for those Next Wave tones. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is pretty great. Yeah. It was a great book. I love it. That's it. That's all the, the single issues we've got this week. So but books. we do have collections. Oh, I get to read it. We got Marvel Adventures Spider-Man, Volume 5, Monsters on the Prowl. Marvel Adventures Spider-Man, Volume 6, Black Costume. There's Marvel Marvel Divas. Marvel Divas is a great book. I want to say that. I love that book. Also out is the Siege Prelude and Wolverine First Class Class Actions. And the last one is Wolverine Snicked with an exclamation point. Snicked! Boink! That's the exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. you got to make a sound for that. Yeah, yeah. Boink! So those were the digital collections. We do have a bunch of stuff hitting Marvel Unlimited this week. Amazing Spider-Man 801 is in there, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're starting to see more Infinity books in there. Uh, a lot of stuff that was coming out this summer, obviously. Tony Stark, Iron Man number one. So if you want to check out Dan Slott's first issue of Iron Man, that's in there. Lots, lots more. But the backlist stuff, some of the older stuff, is really cool. I'm very excited because we got a couple of Fantastic Four annuals, which is great. We've got some Thunderbolts issues, including Negative One. I love every Negative One issue. Yes. You it, know what the Negative Ones were? It was like... They were all flashbacks. Yeah. So it different was an stories. intro from Stan, right? It would be I like... Be- they might have had an intro from Stan. Like a caricature of him. But yeah, it would be some some secret story you hadn't heard about from before. Yeah. 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 yeah it was, those were really neat. Uh, then we have two weird Marvel issues, Marvel Super Action and Marvel Super Special from the early 2010s. But then, Ricky. What's it, what's it say? Royal Roy, issues one through six... <laughs> <laughs> Top Dog issues one through oh, nine, man. and Wally the Wizard the first six issues. Those, that's the Star Comics people. Yeah. Oh, Royal Roy, what a great design, Ricky. Thanks for being here for this final episode of the year. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll be back with another episode, the first of the year, next week. I'm Ryan. I'm Ricky, and this is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>